Welcome to Locking Your Success. We are the company that creates strategies to build wealth. This podcast is the audio from the Locking Your Success Options Trading for Income Weekly Update webinar. This webinar reviews real-time hypothetical trades each week while analyzing market conditions with adjustments. Questions are always welcomed, asked, and answered. If you would like to view the charts and graphs referenced in this podcast, please visit our blog at LockingYourSuccess.com for a video replay of the live webinar. Before we get started, we need to go over our disclosures. Locking Your Success LLC is not a broker dealer or financial advisor. This presentation is for educational purposes only. This information is not an offer to buy, sell, or hold securities. You shall be fully responsible for any investment decision you make, and such decisions will be based solely on your evaluation of your financial circumstances, investment objectives, risk tolerance, and liquidity needs. Please visit CBOE.com to find and review the options risk disclaimer prior to placing any trades. Also, please note that these are real-time but hypothetical computer simulated trades and results. The trades are believed to be as accurately presented as possible, however, they are not guaranteed as to accuracy and therefore live results may vary. No representation is being made that any portfolio will or is likely to achieve profits or losses similar to those shown. Whew! Now that that's over, let's get to it. Here is your host, John Locke. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Auctions Trading for Income weekly update for February 19th, 2016. If you're watching this on YouTube or listening via podcast, please come and visit our website at LockingYourSuccess.com. That's L-O-C-K-E, InYourSuccess.com. Join our mailing list, get your free report, Seven Secrets to Become a Successful Trader, and sign up for this free weekly webinar. Also, uh, check out our our trading programs. We have the Super Simple Spread Trades. We have the M3, the Bearish Butterfly, the Rock, the M21, and, of course, APM Squared and the Masterclass Series. So lots of good programs there if you would like to improve your trading. In this update, we're going to be covering four trades from uh, of our various trading systems. We have a bearish butterfly that we've been covering monthly, an M3, a Rock, and a V Condor that are followed along as per guidelines within the programs. And uh, we discuss what we're doing, why we're doing it, and what we may do differently. If- and uh, you know, we give you uh, updates with that type of stuff as well. So let's move on. Just uh, again, a reminder, we have the Trading Triangle Live program in Hawaii. If you'd like to become part of that, then make sure you contact us. We do have a limited amount of discounted rooms available till the end of the month here. And uh, we encourage you to go ahead and make your plans. Uh, also, if you've, uh, if you've already signed up, make sure you uh, use your discount code and get in and get your room scheduled uh, before, uh, gets, uh, before the end of the month. Also, for our announcements, we do not have a webinar on Monday. That's why we're holding our webinar today. We have, uh, we, we're going to be away next week. So if you're trying to contact me or get a hold of me, just keep in mind that we, uh, we're not around. <laughs> we're on vacation. So uh, unless it's something that's really urgent, we will be looking at uh, responding probably next week. And that's what we have for announcements at this point. A lot of you may notice. Uh-huh. Yes. Can I add one thing? Just I don't know if anybody's if anybody's interested in the M21 workshop that you are you're going to be doing the first one on March 10th, mm-hmm. I believe. Right, that's available uh, through SMB uh, that, that that they promoted last month. Yep. Right. So I just wanted just to make a note that they are going to allow that uh, if people want to 
buy access to that, they can. Um, but if you own all the programs, then you have free access. But if you don't and you'd like to attend, I believe that you can now buy that access. Right, and you should probably contact SMB directly for that because we're not quite sure exactly what they have going on all the time. So, uh, but but that is going to be available, and if someone's interested in that, then then let us know. Uh, I mean, you can let us know if you can't contact SMB. I'll forward your information to Seth, and he can uh, get you to the the appropriate people to to get that taken care of. Uh, okay, so you may have noticed as well that we've ha had challenges with our website. It was down most of the day yesterday. We apologize for that. We are still having technical challenges. However, I would say it's, what, 98% working? <laughs> and uh, Yes, we just have some, we're just having some, um, on the main website, we're just having some graphic issues, it looks like right now. Yeah, we're having some graphic issues, and I guess there's a few links, too, we have some issues with. But uh, for the most part, everything's working, and you should have access to pretty much everything that uh, that you have access for. It's uh, We apologize for that, but there's not a whole lot we can do when the technical gremlins uh, get going. It can be quite challenging. So, uh, All right, so let's move forward then. Uh, as you know, of uh, Tuesday, because we had a shortened week this week, I was expecting the markets to, well, I was very bullish on the markets, uh, given where the market turned the week before. And, of course, we had some really uh, three big up days, put us uh, up to the, uh, around 1,000. We're thinking that a weak bounce in the market, we should be going to at least 990. Uh, a neutral bounce would be maybe to 1040. Uh, a strong bounce would be maybe to 1075. That's what I was thinking for, for levels of where the market right might turn. So we certainly exceeded the 990 level, which is if we turned before the 990 level, that would be extremely bearish, a very good sign that we're probably going to be dropping down. Uh, 1040 would be an indication, where, as far as I'm concerned, we're going into more of a sideways range. So we, didn't, we exceeded 990. We didn't quite uh, hit 1040, at least not yet. Right today, we'll see what happens today. We may it's the futures are down, but we may very well close higher. But we'll see where this uh, actually turns around. And when we start actually uh, dropping here, uh, I would say at this point, I would still say the market's probably going to run into a sideways range, probably from again from 950 to 1075. If you look at what happened kind of here, we had the large drop. We had our initial bounce, which is in here. We had our, our, our retest of the lows, which actually broke a little lower, and then we came up and we didn't quite close as high as we did previously. So I would be expecting a pattern somewhat similar to that, where we may run into something a little bit sideways here, push a little higher into the 1040, and then come back and retest the 950. And like I said, this is all a guess, but that, that would be my best guess of what's happening in the markets uh, at this point. So a bit of a pullback today. This pullback, if it matches the pattern above, should pull back to around 980. The initial pullback, maybe get sideways, maybe do a bounce. But uh, those are my thoughts on where the short-term market moves. And you know, as you know, the very short-term predictions tend to be a little bit less reliable than the longer-term stuff. I do think we run sideways for a while, and then we eventually go down. So that's that's kind of what I'm thinking on the markets here. If we look at what we had on in the trades, actually let me 
dragged option view up where it needs to go. I'm just going to run with a February M3. We'll go back to Tuesday, and I'm dragging this up now. So here's what we had at the end of the day Tuesday pre-adjustment. We had a nice, strong 20-plus point up move on Tuesday, and that was pretty much expected. If you remember Tuesday morning, I was essentially saying what's probably going to happen with this trade is the market's going to fly up because that's what the charting was telling us. And we're probably going to end up exiting this at probably a lower profit than what, what we were showing Monday, uh, Tuesday morning. That's pretty much what happened here. Tuesday, if we didn't do anything until the end of the day, the market shot up. We came to positive Vega, due for an adjustment. Being three days to expiration here, with the expectation the market's going even higher, what we're generally going to do is just kind of call it quits. And by calling it quits, we either close the position or what I did instead is I did what I call a lockdown or just a, a way to preserve profits if the market keeps going up. And that's simply to take these 10 990s that were there. I rolled them back to 970. I sold the call that was at, let me see here in my notes, the call was actually at 840. And I just put this into a position that looks like this. So, you know, could could you close a whole position here? Yeah, you certainly could. The um, you have more commission costs. You have you know possibly execution issues. Who knows? But uh, a lot of times, I'll just prefer to do something like this. Realistically, most of the time, I'm not going to hit up in here. I mean, certainly, if the market came down a lot. Yesterday, and it came down a lot. It comes down a lot today. I could maybe have some sort of a um, something really good happening here. I'm sorry if it came down a lot before the expiration. You could have something good happening here, but um, that's not likely to happen. More than likely, we're just going to come in and expire this at this uh, price here of about a thousand dollars and thousand twenty dollars profit. So this is the position that we actually went into. If you want to look at the T-log, this is what we're showing for that. I'll just open this up wide. So complicated trade this month. We just had a lot of price movements, but uh, should have done okay in general. So that is the February M3. The February rock trade is essentially the same, right? Because we were in the same positioning. February rock trade. The only difference we had is we had the call at a different location. We had the call at um, 870 instead of, I think, 840. The other one was at. We did the same thing. We took these 990s. We brought them down at 970. We sold the call. And, uh, you know, generally, with my expectations of the market probably flying up considerably higher than they did on the first day, uh, I'm definitely not going to try and go into a rock position three days to expiration under those circumstances. If we were overextended, like if we, if this was, if the move happened three or four days earlier, I probably would have done that, but um, but not here. So came in here, made this move, put us into essentially the exact same position we had with the M3. We had a slight profit and loss difference of um, 903.
So uh, we had a, about $30 difference in profit and loss. So, you know, I would call this a, a break-even slash small gain for these trades for the month. It is $1,000 net of commissions. Yeah, Option View does calculate commissions, and they are they are in here at, if you look at the T-log, they're in here at, a, I put a $1.25 for commission rate on the all the web trades. And I am assuming that most people can get that that rate and a lot of people are lower. So that's what we have net of commissions. And those are those trades for February. The um, bearish butterfly, if we just look at, uh, go to the bearish butterfly, that was obviously closed earlier in the month. And just, um, I'll, I'll get the actual, I'll get the actual profit and loss sheet for the month up. Uh, for, for next session. I didn't have time to put it together this session with all the, the website problems we've been having and stuff. I've been really short on time. Uh, but this is where we stood with the with the bearish butterfly that was exited early at the 21 days to expiration reduced profit target for $6,000, which is about, I think, an 11% return on that. And then, of course, the V condor we ended up with a slight loss on. We ended up on the V condor I move this to about minus 26.14. So a somewhat profitable month for February. Nothing to be overly excited about, but um, pretty good. Okay, yeah, you know, yeah. Rick says he's, he's just getting up to speed. Well, that's fine. We ask all the questions you want. So um, that's what we're here for. And those are our February trades. So like I said, slightly positive month for February. Not, um, not certainly not a stellar month, but of course the market is moving around quite a bit, uh, and um, it's it's a little bit challenging to trade. I actually really love trading these environments. I got some live trades that we're doing really well with. Uh, all right, so on to March. March we have our bearish butterfly. Tuesday we were looking like this after the bounce. So really, really nice positioning here. There were actually no adjustments to this position. Uh, if you remember, we did get scaled in two-thirds, but the market pulled back so far that we actually got knocked out of our upper butterfly here. And when I talked to you earlier, would I, would I have knocked myself out of that live? Probably not, because I was, as you know, I was extremely bullish that the market was coming back up. But uh, anyway, the rule, the guy, it did hit, it did, barely trigger a guideline uh, adjustment to knock us out of our upper butterfly, which is fine. And there were no further adjustments as of Thursday. We look like this. So the position is still a, uh, is still a very um, nice looking position here. If the market does actually pull back, we are coming into 21 days to expiration on next Friday, and very, very good possibility we'll be closing this at some sort of a profit number under under our, our full profit target, but probably some sort of a reduced number, unless the more favorable thing happens here and the market actually shoots up maybe to 10.30, 10.40, like we think it might do. It draws us down a little bit, but it also scales us back into maybe our 990s and maybe our, even our 1110s. Under those circumstances, and then the market pulls back, we might be looking at something uh, significant. So we do, um, I actually, 
you, you know, with the 21 day to expiration rules, you're probably going to ex exit it somewhat at somewhere between the 10 and 20% range. This is one of those months where I kind of like, I kind of like the trade if the market bounces a little bit here, uh, scaling in and maybe holding it a little bit longer, but uh, I'm not suggesting you do that, you know, follow your guidelines. But, um, just kind of mentioning that I'm kind of really liking the position at this point. So that is where we sit with the March bearish butterfly. And like I said, the most likely circumstance is the market goes a little bit higher. We might get scaled in two thirds. It pulls back. We get pulled out of this next Friday uh, or it just kind of pulls back and we get pulled out of it next Friday. But I'm pretty sure that's what's going to happen here. And T log is right here. So this is really simple. We entered um, at 990. We had to put in the 1010s because the market went up. Then we had to pull off the 1010s because it came down to our uh, to an adjustment point. So really, really easy. If we have about 15% profit in a March bearish butterfly, is it a good idea to close the March bearish butterfly and open it in April? Since 56 days to expiration are up, or do I recommend keeping the March butterfly and opening an April bearish butterfly? Well, you this is something that you need to decide before you enter the trade, whether what you're going to do in this particular situation. You shouldn't be making it now based off profit and loss. Um, if you're trading the bearish butterfly completely by the guidelines, you stay in this another week and you will open in April at 56 days to expiration. So, which would have been, which is today. So, um, if you want to take the cash out of the profits, being up 15% in March, and move on, uh, being a week from expiration, that's fine. However, like I said, this these are decisions that should be made prior to prior to exiting. Now, one of the things that we were talking about yesterday is, or um, I don't know, I was talking about with somebody, it may have been on, on our uh, webinar with Ryan Moffat, and I think actually he said it, that you have to go through, you know, being up 15% in order to be up 30%. And if you want to hold it a couple days, I don't know how you're positioned, but if you're positioned, so if the market comes down, you are, um, you're going to be up 30%, then that may not be a bad idea to hold it as long as you're okay with the fact that if the market really takes off to the upside, you're going to lose, you, you may end up taking a loss on the trade. So it's always your risk reward decision. Um, as far as that goes, I wouldn't have, um, if I was particularly bullish for some reason, like if we were like, if today was an area where we're coming down into a support point, and the market's really likely to bounce, I might just take the money. I don't necessarily think that's the case right now. That being said, I wouldn't be surprised to see a move to 1075, and that would maybe put you um, put you drawn down some. So one of the things about the bearish butterfly is the bearish butterfly does uh, fluctuate a lot in profit and loss. So you need to decide when you're going to take that, and you should know before you enter the trade. And, and uh, you know, Daryl has a thing about how about scaling out half of the position, right? And that's something that's obviously you can do as well. But again, all this stuff, all these questions that you're asking now should have been asked before the trade was entered. And, you know, one of the things, or one of the things important about trading, no matter what you do, whether it's a bearish butterfly in M3 or, or a condor or, or even long stock or whatever, the decisions you're asking about now, you should have... Um, gone through that scenario in your head saying, and 
what am I what what's my plan right and, and I'm talking about good trading now uh, you know what's my plan if this happens when is my plan to scale out to half if I'm you know 22 days to expiration and my position is up you know seven and a half percent and and I have a and I'm positioned with a certain delta um, what is what is my plan what am I going to do you shouldn't it's 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 poor trading to make decisions based off of your profit and loss uh, number that you have you want to do what's best for the trade not what makes you feel best so um, and you want to decide what's best for the trade before you get emotionally involved in the trade so you know that being said you know I can't give you I can't it's not legal for me not being a financial advisor telling you what to do with your trade specifically but uh, but you what you should be doing is is making these decisions earlier and um, and trade that way right that's that's, what's, that's the bigger lesson with trading um, that we're talking about here now you know like I said that said if you want to take the profits take the profits if you don't you know one of the things that I say is as soon as you get attached to your profit number then you have to leave the trade because then that, that affects how you trade your position as soon as you're as soon as you you say hey as soon as you know you, you trade you get into a trade to risk a certain amount of money make a certain amount of amount of money as soon as you're not willing to risk that money anymore it's time to go right so from a psychological standpoint it's time to go um, all right for a position with profit like this one would consider condorizing the butterfly to increase the profit range again these are things that should be decided before you do the trade uh, what was it that made me extremely bullish? Uh, okay, so a, I have a charting question. What was it that made me extremely bullish uh, at the time last week when we were trading under 950 in Russell? Um, okay, I'll, I'll go. I'll get. I'll get back to that. Uh, Ray McCarty says, "Amen, amen, amen," which which I I mean, which I assume is he's talking about when I was talking about good trading and making the decisions before. Um, would I consider it good for the trade to be able to hold out longer by taking half the profits off? It would flatten the delta in the upside. Again, these are all things that um, need to be decided before you enter the trade. You can do anything here. If you want to hold profits, then you know if if you're playing in a bearish butterfly. If you say I'm gonna, I'm gonna, if you say. If you're a bearish butterfly trader, say, and you do your back testing and you decide that over long periods of time, assuming you're not doing any kind of charting or technical analysis, if you assume if 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 the only way to know if what you're saying are, am I better off taking off half my profits? Am I better off condorizing it? Am I better off jumping out early? The only way you're going to know if you would have been better doing that, well, first of all, the, the answer is you never know if you're better off doing one thing over the other because you don't know where the market's going. And the second thing I would say is if you're going to do that, then you need to decide if you're going to do it or not. If you're going to do it, you really should be doing it every time. And if you're doing it every time, then you can go back and you can back trade it and see if it benefits the trade or if it doesn't benefit the trade. Right? This is really cut and dry. When we're talking about modifying your trade plan in the middle of a trade because you get attached to your profits, that's, that's bad trading. It's awful trading. 
and um, it it shouldn't be done. I just want to be really clear about that, right? You guys that are having trouble trading in the marketplace, and you're having you're jumping around from systems, or you keep modifying systems and all this other stuff, you're doing bad trading, right? Get in there, do the damn work, take the trade plan the way that it is, back test it, see how it works out, take your modifications, go back, do it every single time, test it, see how it works out. And if it works out better that way, change your plan and trade it that way every time. Right? Otherwise, follow the damn plan and be a good trader. Right? I, I, I don't mean to be harsh to you guys, but I mean, come on, wake up. You do what you need to do to do the trade. And stop being wishy-washy and say, oh, I'm up 3%, I want to pull the trade off. Long-term, that is not beneficial to you. All right? Um, switching trades every, every three months because, gee, I happen to have two bad months is not good trading. Okay? Go back. Do your back testing. If you want to do your modifications, you go in and you do your modifications. You back trade them. See if you're better off that way. See if it fits your personality better that way. And if it fits your personality better, then fine. Trade it that way. Otherwise, do this. So I, I, I don't mean to be harsh to, to you guys. In a way, I do mean to be a little bit harsh because I just want you to realize that you know, what you're doing by constantly changing your plan out based on uh, emotions is not beneficial to you. And, and I really, really want to see you guys succeed. So that's why, you know, that's why I'm just being, I just, I'm not trying to be harsh. I'm just trying to be very direct, right, and straightforward with everybody. So um, hopefully that helps. Let's can, see I, can I say what I think you're, because you are harsh, but I think you're being <laughs> harsh because you care I'm, that. I'm being harsh because I care. Right, I'm being harsh. No, I just want I just wanted to point that out. Oh, right, because, right, right. Because you, you do come across as harsh, but right, right, and and I'm purposely coming across a little bit harsh because I just want to I just I'm just trying to emphasize I'm just trying to emphasize a point, right? And the point is is decide to be a good trader rather than worrying about um, that. And I know this is even a little bit tougher for newer people, right? But if you if you like go in and listen to the, the Ryan Moffat discussion we had yesterday. I mean, the guy did, he back tested the heck out of this. He hired people to help him, help him with the positioning. Um, I mean, he, and he didn't hire people to back test stuff for him. He hired people to back stuff, back test stuff with him, right? And in conjunction with him and carefully followed everything and made sure that um, that they knew every single thing about the trade. And when they made modifications, they knew they knew exactly what those modifications um, exactly what those modifications meant for the trade long term, right? Rather than randomly just taking it off and on. So yeah, answer the question specifically. You can take the trade off. Um, you can take the money. You can move on. That's perfectly fine. The uh, as long as that is what your system is, and you know whether you do one or the other, you may have made out better. We don't really know. So hopefully that is um, hopefully that's helpful for everybody. And just some comments here. Uh, I like what Ryan said yesterday. Focus on the process. The process will tell you what to do ahead of time. Right? Exactly. Focus on the process. Focus on the process. Focus on the process. If you're focusing on your profit and loss all the time, you're just 
a lot of times you it will push you into making decisions that maybe might make you feel better, but it um, but it's not good for the trade. Uh, you'll see, I mentioned today that my live trades are doing well. How does your approach, um, the trades you're looking at? Uh, I do, I have some live trades that aren't doing wonderful. Um, I, but for the, for the most part, our live trades are doing very well this month. So the, the differing things I'm doing here is a lot of times I don't trade directly by the guidelines. Now, that being said, I make a plan for a trade before I enter the trade, and I know how I'm going to modify the trade. And we're doing like um, uh, M21 um, M21 type stuff. So I'm going to look at the market and I'm going to say, okay, this is where I think it's going to go. This is what this is what I think is going to happen. And I try to take take advantage of that. And I'm fairly I'm fairly good at that. So um, I do do some I I do trade things a little bit differently than guidelines. But again, when I say I'm trading them differently than guidelines, everything's planned out ahead of time. Not necessarily so much that you know at you know rut. When Russell hits a thousand, I'm going to do a vertical. That's not what I mean. What I mean by playing them out ahead of time is I know what I want my T plus zero line to be, so I know what my drawdowns are going to be with certain moves. Uh, I have times when I might look at a chart, for example, uh, and I'm doing M three trade, and I might look at the charts and I might say, well. The market is probably going to reverse at, you know, in this case, maybe 950, and um, I'm going to, therefore, I'm going to let my delta get more out of range. Um, now, in doing that, I'm taking a risk. I'm saying, hey, if I'm wrong, I'm going to take a loss. So, in order to do that, I have to be okay to take a loss if the market continues down. I had an M20, what we call an M21 SSS super simple spread trade on in February. No, um, yeah, I think February expiration when that happened, I basically said the market should turn here. The market didn't turn there. The market dropped out. I took my loss, and I'm perfectly fine with that. But I also know through experience from live trading and through back trading that when I do that, I'm probably right about 80% of the time. And that 80% of the time I'm right, I make much more money um, holding my position than... I do, um, if I'm wrong and the market comes down for that one loss I take or that 20% of the time that I'm wrong. So, um, so if I know that historically, most of the time, this is going to work out for me. Again, and, and that's through either back trading or through, um, uh, through live experience, then, then, I, then I do that. And it's beneficial for me, right? Because the times I'm right, cause, because, because, the times I'm right, I make much more than I would have if I had tried to protect my position to the downside. As long as I, and I can do that as long as two things happen. If I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I exit the trade at a responsible exit number and I'm gone. And I'm not taking on so much risk to the downside that if I'm wrong and the market gaps down 40 points the next day, that it's going to put me past a, uh, a certain loss number. Right? So I do have to keep that in mind when I'm doing that. But, um, but I can hold it, you know, extra positive delta or extra negative delta somewhere, or I might enter a little bit more positive or a little more negative. So those are the things that we do. Okay, so thank you for your comments on the ask the hard questions before the decisions need to be made. 
many of us traders, this is a comment from Lewis. Thank you, Lewis. Uh, many of us traders uh, do so poorly when not properly planned ahead of time. And uh, yes, that's right. And Ray is right. Amen. Um, do I have multiple position guidelines? I don't know what that means. But I do have different, uh, I, have, I have a lot of different guidelines for different situations, yes. Um, good stuff, John. Be harsh. <laughs> you need to be direct. That's great. No apologies needed. Thank you. Sounds appropriate. Please be harsh. That's the only way we learn. Yes, that's the only way we know um, intensely of your thought. Thank you. Um, and maybe every one of us should record these hard, these yeah, hard words and replay them every day before we start trading. Exactly. Um, no one knows what the market's going to do. Do you make trading decisions based on most probable developments or seriously consider black swan events as well? Uh, okay, so as no one knows what the market's going to do, do I make trade, trading decisions based on the most probable developments or seriously consider a black swan event? Uh, I'm always aware of the black swan events. And I control, and by a black swan event, we're talking something that, you know, I wouldn't call 2008 a black swan event necessarily. I, I, I think what could, because that's perfectly manageable for most of us. But I think maybe like a 1987, 20% market drop overnight, right? 20% on the Russell's 200 points. Never seen in history. It's possible it could happen, never know. But yeah, I mean, that's always on my mind and I control my losses with that, with um, uh, position sizing relative to my net worth and account values. So I'm very aware of that. But most of my trading decisions as far as absolute maximum loss, stuff like that are based off of um, what I would call large normal market movements. Very good comments. Harsh is the right way to show us the way to be a better trader. Great. Thank you very much. I appreciate you, you understanding my, um, my, my words of wisdom that seem to be harsh. Uh, I appreciate that. And uh, Okay. I can guess answer this quickly. Uh, can I share my interpretation of the market in a situation where Russell go is going negative um, in the session and the RVX is also going the same way. Right, so so if you have, typically what happens is the Russell drops, the RVX goes up. The Russell goes up, the RVX goes down. That would be normal. Um, to the extent it drops or rises, the extent of the Russell will change. But generally, if we're getting a fairly large bounce in the market and the RVX is going up, then the, then the conventional wisdom is that the market is coming down. In other words, the bounce is only temporary. Um, or if you get a really large move up and the Russell doesn't move down very much, the RVX doesn't move down very much, the contemporary um, wisdom is that the, the, the market is uh, likely to come back down again. And the, the opposite is true for the other direction. If the market's coming down and the RVX is dropping, they're generally not concerned about that. Um, in other words, people aren't buying puts, they're selling them, so which means the uh, general consensus of the big, big guys is that the, um, is that the, um, the danger is over and the market's going to continue uh, or go the opposite direction. And, and I would say that uh, probably a majority of the time that's probably true. Um, M21 makes sense. Fine-tunes my thinking. Thanks. Okay, great. So quick chart look. And then I have to actually move on. But here we have, uh, yes, we broke the lower candle. 
first of all, this is a very bullish candle at a support area. Not surprising, we bounced. We came back down. Typically, double bottoms will uh, come down. They'll break the um, previous bottom, and then they'll reverse hard. All right, that's just market makers flushing people out. So I'm looking at this here, and you're right. This could be interpreted as either bullish or bearish because we did technically break this candle. Um, however, the SPY did not, right? This is bullish on the SPY. If I come over here and I'm looking at the spiders, then I got to bounce right off of my support level here which is bullish, right? And this again, this is a major support level. It's actually been tested one, two, and this is the third time, and we bounce there. Uh, if we look at the uh, and the Dow, uh, which has been trading very technically correct lately, by the way, if you look at the Dow, this is technically perfect almost, but the Dow didn't even test the bottom of the candle, and it bounced, again, bullish. Um, here you can see how technically perfect this bounce was for the reversal. Um, I think the NDX kind of turned in the middle of nowhere. Uh, so that was the only one that was the outlier. But I have the Russell, which is hasn't gotten to the point where it's bearish. In other words, it's kind of, we don't know because it broke the candle. But I also have the SPX that's bullish. I have the Dow that's bullish. And I, and I basically, I think this was the day um, we had a, uh, this is a bullish candle. It's not really at a support point, so you have to kind of say, oh, I don't know how strong that is, but that's a bullish candle in the middle of nowhere uh, can combine with a, a bullish move on the um, other two indices. So um, that gives me a strong preponderance of evidence the market's probably going higher, and that's what I was thinking there. So that is that. Do I see a reversal in bonds? I don't actually follow bonds, Marco, so I don't, I, I can say I do not know. Uh, okay, so that is that, and um, okay, so that's the March Bearish Butterfly. Uh, we have what, a couple more trades to go over, and then I have to move on here. So March M3, this trade here is going to be um, this is Tuesday. This is where we sat Tuesday. End of the day, the bounce didn't really bother us too much. By Wednesday, though, the mar the bounce did because we had another, what, another 20-point day, I think. So if we come into Wednesday here, we were actually looking at slightly over our delta limit for outside the 10, right? So I did make a minor adjustment here. I just did 10... Uh, 950, 960 verticals. So very minimal adjustment. No need really to roll up here at this point. Um, the guidelines say uh, 10 points over, but realistically, I'm, but I'm not. First of all, I'm not 10 points over. And realistically, um, if I can hold my Vega number solidly positive and keep my delta negative, then generally I'm going to let it ride a little bit longer. So here is that new position here. Come to Thursday, uh, no further adjustments with that one. Right, this is actually a very, very nice looking M3 position, especially for the market if it's going to be um, 
if, if we do actually consider it overextended and the market doesn't go up more. If we pull to 1040, we'll have to roll it. But, um, but here, that's how that looks. And um, we had, the other one we had on was a March v. Condor, which had no adjustments and looks like that. So that's all the trades we actually had on. Now, I am not going to be here later today because I'm actually leaving for Florida. So what I did, and we're not doing the update on Monday, so I just did the trades for April a week early. I mean, not a week early, a day early. So I did enter an April bearish butterfly yesterday. I entered it at 980. Um, we were at 1,006. It's about 26 points under. Uh, yeah, you could have done a, a 990 if you wanted to, but uh, I, I usually, generally, I choose to, to take the further back option. Um, 51 delta, very flat delta, 870 for a price. I really, really like an April bearish butterfly because the market's been up, I don't know, 50 or 60 points, and um, it's kind of a bearish market, and they're really cheap. So hard to get hurt in that situation. So here's where we sit in an April bearish butterfly. And actually, uh, T log this right there's the entry there. I did the April M3 trade entry also. I just did them at the same strikes. <clears throat> I was actually able to do 20 butterflies to one call because the volatility is so high. Um, I'm a little bit negative delta, but still within um, still within limits here. And here's my three positions looking like right now. So nice looking in three position there. And I also entered an April V Condor, which is going to have our short strikes here at 860 and uh, 1110. Did a straddle in here at 1000 even. And this position is looking like this. Uh, I actually did this straddle a little bit closer to the money than usual because I'm actually slightly on the bearish side. Um, usually, I, I realistically, I had the option. I could have done it at 1,000 or 990. Being a little bit on the bearish side, I did it at 1,000. And <clears throat> also on Wednesday, we had an entry number for a... Yeah, let me do some T-logs here. So here's a V Condor T log. Here's the April M3 T log. Whoops, wrong button. There's the April M3 T log there. And uh, let's see here. Uh, last but not least, we actually had a rock trade to enter. And I actually did it in a modified rock formation. So. We did a March rock trade here. Put this on Wednesday, 30 days to expiration as scheduled. The, the, the pricing on the butterfly was flat enough um, where it was clearly a modified rock entry. So um, I went ahead and did that. I did 10 butterflies and um, 10 calls up here at 1100 for a position that looks like this. Generally, if the market is, continues to be volatile and goes down, this is going to be more durable than an M3. If the market grinds up, this is going to cost us some money doing this. But, um, but this is the position here. And as of yesterday closed, I think this was up a couple hundred bucks. So 
about 300 here it's showing. But generally we're going to get a nice pop in this T plus zero line if the market backs off. So that is all we have for trades. Everything's entered. Um, long session today, but I do have to get going. Um, how do I decide between an April M3 versus doing an April bearish butterfly? Is it ever uh, a good idea to open both an M3 and a bearish butterfly at the same time? Again, that's an individual choice. If you're still trading these, I do a lot of um, trade planning on what I'm going to trade for each individual month. I do do an M3 every month. I do a bearish butterfly opportunistically um, uh, more often. Uh, you know, it, a lot, sometimes I'll just run into a bearish butterfly trade because the market's up a lot. And again, all those planes, I, I have criteria for, for identifying that ahead of time, and I plan the trade out ahead of time. But uh, but I will do that. If you're if you're doing, you know, if if you're if you're certainly beginner and you're and you're trading the M3 and you're trading the bearish butterfly on a monthly basis every month, there's no problem with opening them at the same time. Or if um, or to having part of your master plan as, hey, the market's been up a lot or, hey, the market's bearish, I'm going to, um, you know, do an M3 with a, bear, with a bearish butterfly on top of it, then there's no problem with that either. Um, you know, I have some people who trade something like a bearish butterfly, one-third the size of an M3, and, um, and, they, and they manage their portfolio that way. So it's kind of an individual choice. Um, let me just show this April uh, M3 T-log once again. And all right, thank you, everybody. Uh, I will enjoy my vacation. I uh, hope everybody enjoyed the session today and um, trade well. We will see you a week from Monday.